Welcome back, Scissors and Scrubs. I'm Nicole. I'm Laura. And it's the holiday season. Do 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 and do do do. I think it's actually Christmas Day today. Oh, I think is it? Oh, holy night! It's Christmas Day today. Oh, ho ho ho! Nobody's gonna be listening to this. This is such a great. This is your Christmas present. Um, joy to the world! I gotta tell you, I, I, you know, I know everybody listening isn't religious Catholic or anything, but I'm Catholic, raised Catholic. Love a good midnight mass on Christmas Eve, and I love that mass more than anything because it's all the Christmas songs that you know. know. We don't do midnight; we go to the floor on Christmas Eve. But it is like the music's so good; it's so pretty in there. The flowers, like it's just so. I just love it. It's so festive. I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. So. Well, if you're celebrating Christmas, very Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas. you. If you do not celebrate a Christmas, welcome to Scissors and Scrubs yes. on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And um, we figured today we'd talk kind of like, you know, charities. It's yeah, a big thing of the holiday season. Yeah. You can see the Salvation Army. Those fucking people work those bells, man. Really ding, ding, ding. <sighs> like they got a whole thing dancing dance around. Hey, <laughs> how working those yeah, yeah. bells. So you're getting hit nonstop at mm-hmm. charities give to this buy dinners donate toys you know and yep. i'm not criticizing because it is the season you should do it all year yep. long i just don't think it should be a christmas thing or a holiday thing yeah so we're talking about two um i think fantastic charities we've mm-hmm. mentioned them in different um episodes in the past mm-hmm. uh we're talking about the shriners and saint jude's hospital yes and where did they come from and how did they get started so uh sparkles is going to start with the shriners and their little fez hats yeah, I, I can't get over this. I love the bling in their hats. I'm not going to lie to them. I'm like, I'd wear that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and their little well, scooters. Well, and they're red, too. So you'd love it. Yeah, and they're red. I yeah. mean, it's velvet red and blingy. Like, I was What's definitely. not to love? I was definitely working in a bordello back in the day. Let's <laughs> oh. just say that because my previous life, I was some saloon girl. Yeah, this is. I can't get over this. <laughs> so I got um, this from shrinesinternational.org. I got all the information mm-hmm. from this site. Um, in 1870. 13 Freemasons would regularly meet at the Knickerbocker Cottage in New York City. They decided they wanted to form a new fraternity based on the Freemasons, but with added elements of fun and fellowship. Well, with the hats and the scooters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Billy Florence uh, was one of these 13 men. He was an actor and he had just done a been on a European tour. While he was there, he goes to a party held by an Arabian diplomat. Hence the hats. <laughs> he loved like the exotic theme of the party. It's Arabian style and the music Arabian and the food. Yeah. So he loves it. So he's sitting, you know, in the Nicobacca cottage. He's like, oh my God. We, oh, it is Arabian this should be the theme of the fraternity is Arabian. Like that should be the theme. And they're like, great. And so this other guy, Walter Fleming, loves this idea. And he drafts a ritual. He designs their emblem and their costumes. Costumes, that's the word. Mm-hmm. Um, he formulates a salutation and he decides the members will all wear the red fez hat. Um, they name the frat the Ancient Arabic Order of the Nobles of the Mystic Shrine. What the hell was going None on in the 1800s? None of are Arabic. No, nope. None of no. them. Nothing. They don't. Nothing. But... The whole this was a night of drinking, yes, and partying. We're gonna dress we're gonna up Arabs like we're Arabs, <laughs> and we're gonna then that's and we're gonna name ourselves the ancient order of, of the, Arabs. I'm like, yeah. What are you doing? None Guys of from them the Republican, you know. They just loved a good theme. They just loved this theme and ran with it. Um, so the shyness has nothing to do with being Arabic, literally nothing. Um, <laughs> the first chapter was they just a, wear the hat and have a big sword on their uh, yeah. emblem. <laughs> Uh, the first chapter was established on September 26, 1872. 
It was I called, didn't realize they were that old. Yeah. It was called the Mecca Shriners. Um, by 1878, there were 425 members in 13 temples in eight states. And when I say temples, they are not temples of religion. No, That's just what they called their um, like chapters. Meeting area. Yeah. Um, in 1888, there were 7,210 members in 48 temples in the U.S. and Canada. And in 1900, there were 55,000 members in 82 temples. It's been quite the partiers to have this many members yeah. in their temples. Today, there are more than 195 chapters in countries around the world. Wow. So, the temp- the, the, again, the temples are not religious. They're, they're just their chapters. Like a motorcycle right. club has right. chapters. Like It's just their groups. Um, in the late 1900 to early 2000s, which I hate when they say that because it makes it sound so long ago, but the late really? 1900s is when we were graduating high school. Yeah. yeah. Um, the fraternity was called Shriners of North America, but it is now called Shriners International because they're mm-hmm. everywhere now. So what's with the hat? So like I said, <laughs> Fleming decided all the members would wear a red fez hat for funsies back in 1870. For funsies. <laughs> no other reason. They just liked it. Um, it is derived from the city of Fez, Morocco, and it, quote, complements the pop Pomp and pageantry, theme, ceremonies, and events. Um, each fez is personalized, which I did not know. It includes the chapter the member belongs to, any positions they hold, um, any of their other memberships or whatever that they belong to. And it is to be worn to all... Um... Uh-oh. What happened, Laura? Go out of Wrong order? seat. It, it, any, to all their, like, anything that they're doing any as... Function. A, any function, they have to wear their hat to the formal functions. The emblem on the front of the fez is a crescent and a scimitar. I think that's how you say yeah, that. Yeah, the sword. Yeah. The scimitar represents the backbone of the fraternity, which is its members. <laughs> the two claws on it are for the Shriners fraternity and its philanthropy. The sphinx stands for the governing body of the Shriners. The five-pointed star represents the thousands of children helped by the philanthropy yearly. Philanthropic? Yeah. It states... Why do I even bother trying to say this? It states <laughs> "robur a furor," which in Latin means um, strength and fury. Which again, I don't. None of it makes any sense. It's all just kind of like pomp and circumstance. Pomp and circumstance. They just made shit up. Yeah. Um, from its inception, the Shriners has been known for their philanthropic efforts across the country. The Shriners worked long hours to help the sick during a yellow fever epidemic in Jacksonville, Florida. So like a thousand years ago. Um, in 1889, they helped flood victims in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and they many other acts of charity and many other mm-hmm. disasters or um, epidemics. In 1919, Imperial Pontinate, that's like the leader of the Shriners. The head, that's what their the name head is. Like even like their names are like. <laughs> the great um, Poobah. Yeah. Freeland Kendrick proposed. That's a, quite an eight. Yeah. I am Freeland Kendrick. Nice to meet you. Yeah. So he proposed establishing a hospital to provide medical care at no cost for children with orthopedic conditions. They form a committee. Committee. They look into this. They like, I don't know. Can we do this? And they decided, you know what? Screw it. We're not going to do a hospital. We're going to do an entire healthcare system throughout North America that provides pediatric orthopedic medical care, regardless of the patient's ability to pay or their insurance status. The first hospital was opened in Shreveport, Louisiana in 1922. Wow. Today, the healthcare system consists of hospitals, clinics, outpatient centers, and telehealth sites. Shriners' children's specialties now include burn care, spinal cord injury rehabilitation, cleft lip and palate, sports injury care, um, rehab for all of these. Shriners Children's also holds hundreds of outreach clinics yearly where medical staff travels around the world to provide free medical care to children. So they go on missions Mm -hmm. all the time. 
They conduct research and provide educational programs for medical professionals. It is one of the largest pediatric subspecialty healthcare systems in the world with locations in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Shrine members volunteer their time to fundraise, educate, and to volunteer at the hospitals. Each location has patient transportation called Roadrunners. They are shrine members that volunteer. They drive a van. You'll see the vans Mm -hmm. if you're near one of the hospitals. Um, And they pick up the patients and their families. They bring them to the hospital. They get their treatment. They bring them back to their homes, their patients, their Mm -hmm. families, everybody. Um, So you don't have to worry about, I can't get into the hospital for my treatment. I don't have a car. I can't get my kid there. I have to work. They pick you up and get you there and home. And that is all free of charge. They and they are not paid to do this. These are all volunteers that it's are shrine just, it's members. It's amazing. Um, actually, after nine eleven, because of their um, I want to say costumes, because of the fez hat and the sword and all the emblems, people thought it was an Arabic organization. Organization, which regardless, even if it is, you don't do this stuff. But targeted them. They targeted them, and they would um, like. They attacked a van that was picking up a family because it had the sword and People the stuff. Are so stupid. So a don't do that, anyways. B that's this not, is even, not that. even Arabic. Like so, you're just like so. You know, you see something and you just you know you had to target it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the, it has nothing to do with the Middle East at all. Um, it was just some guy thinking it was a cool party. He it was a guy volunteering his time to pick up family yeah. members of a sick kid. But anyways, um, members volunteer in the hospitals as well. They serve as tour guides. And entertainment. A lot of the, if you live near a, a place shrine. that has shrines, um, they do a lot of circuses and they mm-hmm. dress up as clowns and they come in a little train and they, um, that's for all fundraising. Like they hold these circuses. Our and, hospital is right next to the shrine. Yeah. And I'm going to work and I look over, it was last Christmas, and there was a fire truck and Santa is seven stories up. Yes. Outside the window of these kids. Right. Waving everywhere. I'm like, hey. Never get me to do that. No. Because I'd be terrified, but I thought how sweet that is. Yeah. That Santa's visiting every floor yeah. through the window. Yeah. I thought it was all amazing. And they, and these guys like go in dressed as clowns. They provide entertainment for the kids. They, they're just, and they don't, none of this is paid. This paid, is all, yeah. they, these people work and then do this on top of it. Um, anyone under age 18 can be treated at Shinus Children's Hospitals and Clinics for free. Up until 2013, I think, Shinus Children's didn't even bill insurance. Mm-hmm. However, endowments are down. Um, the stock market crashed. They lost a lot of money. So now if you have insurance, they will bill it. Mm-hmm. But whatever the insurance does not cover, it's they free. eat. Mm-hmm. They You are not charged that. And if you do not have insurance, you still get treated for free. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I, I've heard like a couple of people say that. Oh, well, now it's not like that anymore. It's not free care anymore. It is, it free, is free care. care. It's just if like I decided, you know, Sam needs to go there for something. They will bill my insurance. But then whatever is not paid by that, I do not pay. I'm pretty sure, too, after 18, you can still be treated at the Shriner. If you've been a patient. If you've been a patient. Yes, it's like children's hospital. Like, you can still go if you're a patient. Yeah. Um, All of this is possible through fundraising done by the Shrine members and endowments. So when you do see, like, oh, Shriner's Circus or... Support it. Go. Bring your kids there. Spend the money on that one. Because that is all going to pay for the... People's care. And it's, I mean, they bringing burn patients in from South America. Oh, they yeah. bring in per- burn patients from Everywhere. Central America. And they treat these people mm-hmm. for nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's not only, I mean, we, I think we see a lot of burns there because that's what we do, a, a large amount right. of burns at the Boston Shrines. 
But they like again, they come for orthopedic problems, yep. spinal injuries, like the, and they come from all over the world to be treated at these hospitals. Yep. And it's all paid for by your donations. Um, you can go to shrineinternational.org to find out how to participate, how to join the Shriners if you wanted to join, or just how to donate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's again, it's a hundred percent goes to the care of yep. children from around the world. I, so. Like I want to scream when I see people like Jeff Bezos and fucking Bill Gates spending money on like political shit I know. to get us to alter how the people think and stuff. You know what? This is a really amazing charity. Mm-hmm. One day he makes and one day would help them. Oh, yeah. Let alone what you could continue to donate. I mean, right. they're making billions a fucking day. Yeah. Do, put it to something of use. Right. And maybe you they know? do. I don't know what they else mm, they donate to. I don't to, know. But... I don't know. Yeah. All right. So I went on to St. Jude's, got all my information from stjudes.org and the British Journal of Hematology. Because yeah. it's all related. Well, who was St. Jude? Also known as St. Jude of Thaddeus. He is not to be con- confused with Judas. Um, he no, is different. Yeah. Completely no, different people. Different. Completely different people. Uh, he did not sell Jesus down the river for 30 silver pieces. Um, <laughs> he is the patron saint of hopeless causes. Mm-hmm. He was one of the 12 apostles, and he is cousin to Christ. Mm-hmm. Imagine, like, oh, you know Jesus? Yeah, he's my cousin. Yeah. So I'm a Christmas. Yeah. That um, would probably, if I lived back then, I'm, I would be like, be related to Jesus. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, he's yeah. 100% my cousin. That's, that's my Aunt Ethel's kid. Yeah. yeah. He's really nice. He does yeah. some weird shit with water. My though. grandmother and his grandmother were sisters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, ru- he ruins the wine every year. It's like yeah. ridiculous. Um, okay, so you can't talk about St. Jude's Hospital without talking about Danny Thomas. And most of our listeners probably have no idea who fucking Danny Thomas was. But Danny Thomas, we're talking like the 50s and 60s, Sid Caesar. Um, you don't know who he is either. No, I mean, you're just shouting out names. I'm trying I have no to idea find um, D- Dick Van Dyke. Would I know Dick Van Dyke. Danny you know Thomas. why? Because my cousin. <laughs> yeah, my Dick cousin Jesus was related to Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> you know, just saying. Just saying. Um, the, the 50s, all those uh, like Leave it to Beaver shows, Danny Thomas had his own show. He had the Danny Thomas show. He also did uh, Move Over Daddy or Move Over Father or something. I have it written down somewhere. Um, he His daughter is Malo Thomas. Oh. She used to be on That Girl in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I used to watch that show all the time. I, I never watched it, but I know yeah. her name. Yeah. And my mother will always tell me the story of Danny Thomas because she's obsessed with it. And so we're going to now hear the story okay. of Danny Thomas and St. Jude's Hospital. So Danny Thomas, now I'm telling you this name, Mm-mm. it's not going to come out right. So we're going to call him Danny Thomas the rest, but you, his real name is Amos Muziad Yakub Karuz. Wow. Uh, he was born to Lebanese parents January 6th, 1912. He is born in Toledo, Ohio. He is one of 10. Wow. His parents um, are Marianite Catholic. I didn't. I should have looked it up, and I didn't because I was busy. Um, so after college, he what did I write? I read this. Oh, he was confirmed in the Roman Catholic Church yeah. by a Bishop Samuel Stitch. He will come into play later. Okay. okay, Bishop Stitch is a native of Tennessee. That comes into play later. Okay. If you know where St. Jude's is, mm-hmm. you know why. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a lifelong friend to Danny Thomas. In the 1930s, Danny Thomas is working on radio and he's doing um, nightclubs. He's trying to get famous. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses the name. He, obviously, he can't go on stage as Amos Muziad Yakuba Kazuzi in 1932. Mm-hmm. So he changes his name to Danny Thomas, which was a brother's first name and another brother's first name. Nice. He becomes Danny, Danny Thomas. 
And he's, you know, he's trying to make the high life there. Um, he would do gigs anonymously because he didn't want anybody knowing what he was doing. He didn't want his family coming down to see him or anything. He wanted to make this without any help from anybody. And he didn't really, he's a little, not embarrassed, but he didn't want anybody criticizing him. Yeah. So eventually he um, marries and he has his first baby on the way. And he is struggling for cash. He's a struggling entertainer. He's flat broke. He goes to church in Detroit and he goes to mass and he dumps his last $7 into the collection bin. And he starts praying to St. Jude and he's like, please help me figure out a way that I'm going to pay my bills because I, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this baby. Mm. Uh, the next day, he's offered a small part that pays like double anything he's ever paid. Yeah. Two years later, he has some moderate, moderate success in Detroit and he need, he's looking for more success. He needs to be bigger. He prays to St. Jude again. He says, if you help me find my way in life, I will build you a shrine. His career, boom, fucking takes off mm -hmm. and he moves to Chicago. For a few years later, he's now he's really getting successful, and he's like, "I vowed that yeah. I'm going to do this." Um, and when it was ready to build, he's going to build his shrine. And the, his friends, he's talking to his friend Samuel Bishop Samuel Stitch. He's like, "I'm going to build the shrine to Saint Jude." Stitch is like, "There's plenty of shrines. We don't need any more shrines. Mm -hmm. What do you think about like a hospital to take care of children in poor areas? Why don't you think about something like that?" And it's like a place where disabled children can get free care. So Thomas is like, yeah, that's a really good idea. That's what well, that's what I'm thinking I'm going to do. So he Stitch says, uh, Chicago doesn't need any more children's hospitals. There's plenty of children's yeah. hospitals here. You need to go someplace that's really poor. Mm -hmm. So he's like, why don't you look at Memphis? Stitch had been a, um, he started his first parish. He was anointed down there. And He's like, go to Memphis. Mm -hmm. They're in real bad need. There's yeah. nothing down there. And you're talking segregated South mm -hmm. when he goes down there. So um, at first, the city of Memphis is kind of like, mm, I don't think this is what we're going to do. And they, <clears throat> the, the bishop knows a lot of people in Memphis. So they get a businessman, Edward Barry, a pediatrician, Dr. Gilbert Levy, and a doctor. Oh, no. Dr. Levy had treated all the children of Memphis's wealthy. So he knows all uh, the, the movers and shakers in Memphis. Yep. Yeah. And then, um, I'm going to say the name, Dr. Lemuel, Lemuel Diggs. He's a professor at the University of Tennessee's College of Medicine. He is instrumental in distinguishing the sickle cell anemia trait. Oh. He, he is the guy who was nailed what sickle cell was. Mm -hmm. He suggests to build a facility for the treatment of blood diseases and cancers in children. So in 1955, the first fully integrated hospital in the South begins to take shape, wow. which is going to be St. Jude's. Mm -hmm. So St. Jude's would be more than a hospital. It would be the research center for children of the world, regardless of race, religion, or financial status. Danny and local businessmen, they start fundraising. Mm -hmm. um, he and his wife, they're like, he would travel all over the country fundraising. They did 32 cities in like 15 days. He mm. was like exhausted. He's mm -hmm. just running and running trying to get money for this. And he realizes like, we're going to have to do this all the time. Like, how are we going to keep this place going? Mm -hmm. So after seven years of planning, um, I will get into what he builds later. Ground was broken in 1960 for an 85,000 square foot research hospital. Wow. Danny had the enormous task of all the fundraising. He and his wife traveled all over the U.S., like I said, 
And he's smart enough to realize, like, we've got to maintain this. How right. are we going to keep it going? So he approaches the Arabic community that he knows. So in 1957, 100 members of the Arabic community gathered to form the ALSAC, which the sole purpose of this foundation is to raise money for St. Jude. Oh, wow. That is all these people do. So when you look at their commercials, you'll see ALSAC at mm-hmm. the bottom. Uh, since 1957, ALSAC, which I do not know what it stands for. I am sure it's like America, uh, Arabic League or whatever, mm-hmm. um, whose headquarters is in Memphis, has assumed full responsibility for fundraising and raises hundreds of millions annually for um, for St. Jude's. It is the largest healthcare charity and has over one million volunteers nationwide. Wow. I'm sorry, my writing was really getting rough that night. <laughs> Um, so now St. Jude's needs direction. Okay. We've, we've got a plan. We've got an idea. We're breaking ground. Who's going to fucking run this place. Right. So, um, it's hard to find somebody who wants to come in and direct and run an unknown institution with no track record, uncertain finances, an unfinished building and absolutely no employees. Yeah. So they look high and low and they find Dr. Donald Pinkle. He had trained with Sidney Faber in Boston and he became the first chief of pediatrics in the Roswell Park Cancer Institute in Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. He takes the job. He leaves his wife in Buffalo. I'm going to go to Memphis, find a house. I'll call for you when we're ready. And he goes down to Memphis. He arrives in the summer of 1961. In 1962, St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital receives its very first patient. Since it has opened in 1962, St. Jude, in its research, has helped push um, survival rates of childhood cancers from 20% in 1962 to 80% in 2023. In 1968, St. Jude's started looking into the poor health of black children in the poorest parts of Memphis. Mm -hmm. And they realized that 26 of the kids had slow growth and low um, hemoglobins because of their malnutrition. They're not getting, they're not eating well. Mm -hmm. So he, the program is started by St. Jude's in Memphis. Um, to get free clinics for all these kids, all these children, and free food from the Department of So they work a deal with the Department of Agriculture. They give them all their ex, um, overstock yeah. or whatever. And they make food and they give it to these families. It was so successful. It is the foundation of WIC. Wow. Um, since its conception in 1962 of a facility of 25 people and a budget of $1.5 and a building of 85,000 square feet, it has grown to a facility of 180 faculty, 2,500 employees, and a budget of $270 million with multiple buildings over a million square feet. No. Um, it now studies neuroscience stem cell research and bone marrow transplants. It has outreach programs for helping oncology in Brazil, Chile, China, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Costa Rica, and Ecuador. Danny Thomas dies in 1991, two days after celebrating St. Jude's 29th anniversary. Yeah. He is buried on the grounds at St. Jude's. They have a big park. His oh, wife nice. is also buried on the grounds of St. Mm. Jude. St. Jude's patients never receive a bill from St. Jude's mm-hmm. um, for travel, treatment, housing, or food. Since, like, kind of like the Shriners, with payments and everything, St. Jude's will collect insurance, but you are not allowed to ask them if they have insurance before treatment. So once they are treated, you can say, if you have insurance, we'll bill it. If you don't, this is taken care mm-hmm. of. Um, and that 
is St. Jude's Hospital. Lovely. Which you're going to see all their commercials. Yes, is it um, Jennifer Every Aniston. Child is Healed or something? Yeah. Is that their commercial? What is it? Jennifer Aniston, I think, was doing them recently. It's an unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable uh, charity as well. And you know that when you donate, that's where it's going. Yeah. You can see for yourself, that's where it's going. Mm-hmm. So this holiday season, you got an extra million dollars you don't know yeah. what to do with. Look into the Shriners, look into St. Jude's. Mm-hmm. Even if you get two more extra bucks, look into the Shriners, right. look into St. Jude's. Mm-hmm. I'm sure anything you can give will help. Yep. Um, maybe write to Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and ask them to maybe donate to these hospitals as well. So it is the end of another year for Scissors it and really Scrubs. Is. Can you believe it? No. All right. I know it's Christmas Day, but email us because um, we need some ideas for the next year. Yep. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting tapped. So, um, we love and, and we just love hearing from you guys. Yeah, we yeah. always we always get some really good stories. Yeah. So I'd like to hear from everybody. And we wish you a happy holiday season. Yep. Bye. Happy New Year. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.